emotional content, stuff that makes you laugh, makes you feel good. It makes you sometimes cry. These are the ones that people are resonating with the most. Your music is a universal language that speaks to a person's soul, your mind, your emotions. And so how can your music highlight that to get them to do a specific action? It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm super excited to be here today with Erica Mason. So Erica is an international recording artist who has made her mark with her soulful voice and steadfast dedication to inspiring hearts. She has grown from scratch with her music career to gaining over 2 million social media followers. She started at number one on iTunes and Amazon Music. She's also performed the Stellar Awards. And one thing that, that I really appreciate about Erica is how much she really attaches the message of helping and inspiring her community with her music and specifically focusing on things like empowerment and mental health advocacy and healing. And in terms of what's needed right now in, in the world more than anything, I think healing is, is such a huge part of that. So Erica, I so appreciate what you're doing with your music and I'd really admire the amount of energy that you've put into it and what you've built and yeah. you know, connecting with you at our retreat in LA. It was also super, super cool. So yeah. thank you for, for coming on here and taking the time to connect with everyone here who's live today. Of course. I'm super happy to be here. I'm excited for this. So thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. So to kick things off, maybe for everyone here who this is their first time connecting with you or hearing about mm -hmm. you, could you just do a quick introduction and share a little bit about your journey and your story of how you got started and made it to this point that you're at now with you know, millions of followers? Yes. Hi, everybody. Like I said, my name is Erica. A long story of trial and error in this music space. Funny thing is I never actually wanted to do music or be a rapper. It was just one of those gifts that I didn't realize that I had when I was in school. I was doing like the they beat on the table and I'm freestyling and I actually was really good at it. Right. And so my cousin, he bought Fruity Loops and he was just making beats all the time. And so then he would be like, oh, Erica, just come in here and like freestyle something. And so I would freestyle and we actually would just make songs. So that was like my first introduction to making music through my cousin. So I definitely have him to thank for starting me in my career. But then as I began to get older, I was doing shows in high school and stuff like that, but nothing really serious, just perfecting my craft. And I liked it because it was just a way for me to express myself. But I really started to take my career serious when I graduated college. And I was, I remember graduating and everyone was like, yeah, I'm going to either get my master's or I'm going to do law. And they're like, Erica, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I guess I'm going to be a rapper. <laughs> so it was this thing that I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, but I knew that maybe this was the, this, the route that I wanted to take. And so it took me a long time to figure out my sound. It took me a long time to figure out like who my people were. And so there was a lot of trial and error. And so the real journey began when I started taking it serious is like writing a song a day and just getting those reps in to make better music. And then as I began to make better music, I started studying social media and trying to figure out how to navigate that space. 
And one thing that I realized is like me being able to be vulnerable in my music just personally helps me to create better. It just makes me feel better. And so I started implementing that into the music, but then posting about it. And as I began to post about it, that's where I started to go viral because I was talking about really heavy topics, mental health stuff, depression, anxiety, suicide, and those things. It was a very like bold angle to take. But for me, it was less about trying to impress people and more so about navigating my own healing journey and using music as the art that was like healing me. And so I started going viral on social media and that was like the game changer. And I was like, man, I've been doing this for a long time, just like music, but social media came in and really flipped everything on its head. So as I started to go viral, I started to find my people and pay attention to what it it was that was resonating with them. And so then taking that feedback, I started perfecting my craft. And then that opened the door for me to be able to be on BET and then also to be able to go number one on iTunes when I started dropping music. But all of it has been a community effort. Like I always say, my supporters and my fans, I wouldn't be here without them, honestly. My music just wouldn't be where it is without them. And so my biggest thing has been just figuring out ways to create experiences for my listeners through being raw and transparent, but then also creating cool ways for them to feel connected to, to what we're building through music. And so, yeah, I've had different opportunities where I've been able to sign and I was able to sign a deal that was like really beneficial for me and now i'm independent again so i'm one of those people where just give me the deals to get the money so i can stay independent and it was a great opportunity because i learned a lot behind the scenes and so now i'm back fully independent and now i'm learning how to build the business side like how the labels are anything yeah it's just been a really fun experience of figuring out who i am figuring out how i best operate and then figuring out how to run a business to make those things flourish so cool. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that. And Absolutely. the one thing that I so appreciate about you, Erica, and it's just the bottom line is that to accomplish anything meaningful or worthwhile to make it packed, it requires significant amount of dedication and passion and perseverance and belief in what you're doing. And yeah. it's one thing for where you're at now, right? Like you, right. you have the, the proof, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have the, the social proof, you have the outcome. But I think a lot of people who are here right now who are watching this, you might resonate with um, where you were at the beginning, right? Because yeah. at the beginning, before you had, yeah. <laughs> it's like Imagine Dragons describes like the lightning and the thunder, right? Before you have the thunder, I'm curious, like at that beginning stage, what were some of the biggest challenges that you're going through? Or I'd love to hear where your journey started and yeah. what were some of the biggest challenges at that point that you think that uh, maybe people here who are in the audience who are starting out might need to, yeah. to hear? I would say, so I think for so long, I was waiting on someone to save me in a sense or do it for me. And so what that looked like is when I was younger, like I had opportunities to get signed, but I was dropped from the opportunity. Don't really know why to this day. As a teenager, you get your hopes up and thinking like, oh man, I got that validation from like industry executives who actually see value in what I'm doing or potential. And then for that to get ripped underneath your feet is very disheartening especially at that age, right? Not really knowing and understanding really how the music industry works. And so experiencing a lot of no's, definitely before I experienced a lot of yeses, like now I'm on the side where I'm experiencing probably more yeses than I've ever had in my life, right? But I had to hit a lot of no's, people telling me that there's not a space for you, executives saying, man, you're really talented, but 
I don't know what to do with you. I don't feel like I'm able to like market you or we don't really have a place for you here. And so for me, that felt very lonely because I wasn't doing the stuff that everybody else in the mainstream market was doing. So I definitely have very niche music. And so not necessarily knowing where I fit in was oftentimes discouraging because what took me the longest was figuring out how to find my people. Like where are the people who think like I think or maybe feel like how I feel and how do I find them? And so that's that was like years of just trying to put myself in because I'm in the technically like hip hop space, but I'm also in this like conscious music healing therapy. It's it's still ambiguous as far as a genre and what you can put me in. But I would find myself in like really aggressive, like hip hop spaces that I, it just wasn't my thing. And I would show up and I would perform, but oftentimes still feel like, man, I don't really know where I belong. And so I wrestled with that a lot and thinking maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And then everything in me was like, no, like your art, this is your music. Like people want to hear this. They need to hear this, but you just have to find the right people. And so I dealt with a lot of discouragement on that because at one point I didn't have a hundred thousand monthly listeners. I think I had 5,000 monthly listeners or something like that. And before TikTok existed, I had zero TikTok followers. And then on Instagram, I remember when I had 5,000. And so it was one of those things where I had to really remove the focus off of the numbers and figure out how to, so I guess, detach myself from the end result and really fall in love with the journey of figuring out who I am and figuring out where those people are. But yeah, I definitely faced a lot of no's, people scamming me, <laughs> people like, you know what I'm saying, just music industry stuff. And we can get into the specifics if they have questions about that. But yeah, for a long time, I just didn't feel like I had a place. And then my music, like I struggled finding producers, struggled finding people who were able to help me to curate my sound because I don't produce, I don't play an instrument. So I'm always like, really appreciative of people who do and you guys are artists as well just because it's a great skill set to have but like finding those people who believe in you i stopped looking for people to like my family to believe in me and i started to understand that maybe my family won't be the place to start like they're not my fans my family and friends are not my fans right Mm. so i had to understand that and i used to feel like upset or get bothered when people didn't support me or things like that and now I'm, I've learned to understand, like, it's just a matter of finding your people. And that was through trial and error in being able to use social media as a platform to be able to help me really was like a solution for me. So good. Yeah, there's so many valuable lessons in there about really about like self-validation and about connecting with your people as opposed to what you mentioned. It's not always the people that we'd like to support us and friends, family, partners. The people are there. So I'm curious how... One of the things that I feel like I've seen as a pattern that really separates people who are able to accomplish amazing things like yourself and people who just give up too early is around the ability to have a vision and really strongly believe in that vision with enough conviction and like willingness to work hard and like to, to learn and to see what works and what doesn't. But especially early on when we're talking about that that state that you're in where maybe the industry doesn't necessarily validate you completely or your friends and family don't entirely understand or support you. Yeah. I'm curious how you and what you'd recommend for everyone that's listening to this right now. How do you 
maintain the right mindset? Like, how do you allow yourself to attach to that vision, that future self in a way that pulls you into it, despite the internal self-doubt that always happens and the external self-doubt? How do you like, how do you resolve your mindset around that? Man, you think that even with the success that I have today, those things don't happen anymore, but they do. The negative thinking, the self-doubt, it's Mm -hmm. just a different lane now, right? But what I have learned to do is exercise gratitude. Sometimes we are so busy trying to reach the goal that we overlook the small wins that happen in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, for me, I used to focus on when the song drop, okay, I'm going to look at how many streams I'm getting every single day, like in counting it to the number, right? And if it didn't necessarily hit the number that I was hoping for, then now I'm discouraged. But I failed to realize this is actually the best performing song that you've done so far. You know what I'm saying? Or another small win was when I would get, I didn't have a lot of streams on the song, but I had so many stories of people telling me how much the song had impacted them. And so for me, I started to focus on that. Okay, your music is actually doing what you want it to do, which is to help people and to heal people. That's the ultimate goal, right? And so being able to detach myself from the numerical performance and being able to attach myself to the experience that people are having with the music allowed me to like really tap into the journey, like I said. But yeah, gratitude for one. Number two is community. Getting myself around people who understand the struggle and also have had share similar experiences right because having that community of people that you can say man i'm just really discouraged they understand what you're going through and you can actually they'll build you up they can encourage you you encourage them and you remember oh snap i'm not necessarily alone in this okay it's not just me because sometimes i used to internalize it i'm the only person that's experiencing these roadblocks or i'm the only person that's going through this and so being able to have community gave me perspective But then also having people that believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, it's Mm -hmm. also a good thing. And I didn't always have that, right? So it took a second to find that. But when I did, I really helped those people close because it was less about them believing in my career and more about them believing in who I was. And because who I am is so heavily embedded into my music career, they really supported me in those moments where I, I have tried to quit music multiple times. Like, and it's just one of those things where it keeps coming back. And so being able to focus on the small wins, the fact that I dropped a song, that's a win, right? Like sometimes we overlook that. The fact that you went through the process to upload it to the distributor, like you went to the studio, you recorded, you put your art out into the world. That is not something that's small. You put a piece of you into the world. And sometimes we can take that stuff for granted. And so for me, I try to focus on that and say, man, I finished a project. Like I've never dropped an album. I dropped an album. This is great versus focusing so much on the performative. So yeah, those would be the two things for me that have been really helpful with mindset. Oh, and then also just putting before me affirmations in manifestations and stuff like also really helps because I like to speak the things that I want to see into my life and that disrupts sometimes like the mental negative mental patterns that are happening. So if I'm having a thought like I'm going to fail, like I will actually speak. No, I'm going to be successful. Everything my hand touches prospers. And so that helps me to rewire my thinking so that I can release more positivity and also ultimately attract more positivity. That's so powerful. Thank (laughs) you for sharing that. As you're just describing the really the role of surrounding yourself with people that believe mm-hmm. in you, even yeah. when you're having your own hard times. And 
I know for myself personally, some of the mentors in my life, like the thing that made our relationship so special is that they were able to see something inside of me that I didn't see in myself. Yeah. And that just makes me feel a little emotional just thinking about it because mm-hmm. you know, I, I know how big of an impact that made on, on my life. And, and I know from hearing you talk about the role of having those people in your life too, that it is so valuable to have that. And guess what? Everyone who's here right now, you can do that for, for each other too. That's what we're yeah. here for is to be able to support each other and a rising tide rises all, lifts all boats. Yes. I also love the, the reminder that you know, there's as much as I, you know, would, don't want to quote Miley Cyrus. Yeah, there's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make a move. Yeah. It's so true that that even after achieving you know, any sort of success, you realize that you have to embrace, you have to appreciate the present moment and what you have right now, and be grateful for what you have, or else there's always going to be something else. It's like a state of mind of wanting to be somewhere else. So I love hearing you share how important it is to have gratitude, how you bring that into your life on a daily basis. One super powerful practice that I started doing that I feel like is similar to what you're talking about with the affirmations Mm -hmm. is every night, this is great for my relationship with my wife too, is we, at the end of the day, will reflect on the day and just share our our top three wins or gratitudes from the day. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's little things too, or the things that are so important, like you know, our family and our kids, right. you know, and, and right. things that, of course, I'm grateful for my kids. But when I, if I come back to that you know, regularly, then it's something that grounds me in appreciation. Yeah. And, and then this was a new thing that we started doing that started making a big impact mm-hmm. is doing three future gratitudes. So mm-hmm. basically after we do the three gratitudes, thinking about what are three things in the future that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. and trying to bring that same energy of gratitude, but to the things in the future that haven't necessarily yeah. happened yet. Yeah. And like you described the rewiring your brain and cause it's natural to like fear just happens, mm-hmm. especially if you're on a big stage, you're doing big stuff like you are, then, yeah. you know, it's natural for fear to come up, yeah. but reframing it and thinking about like, I'm grateful that the stage on discord, our first modern musician podcast was awesome. And Erica crushed it and everyone <laughs> had a great time. Like expressing that before it happens yeah. uh, just changes your emotional state it, and it just feels like it makes it like there's gravity to it like it, it pulls yes. things into happening that's so um, good that's so good because what i realize is as i'm growing i'm meeting so many artists that like i looked up to and i wanted to be in their shoes and now i'm sharing stages with them. and so it's really interesting to see that we're all still trying to figure that out we're all learning how to be content with where we are because the industry is such like a performative based system, right? And so based upon how well people like you or how well an album does, that kind of oftentimes causes you to be celebrated or not. And the higher that you go, the more pressure it is to have to perform and to put on. There's so many people that like when I look at them, I'm like, man, you're doing amazing knowing that they're looking at someone else because they're trying to reach another plateau or another mark and so it's just it's really good to start practicing that now because there's always yeah Miley 100% there's always going to be another thing and another thing and so to me I 100% love that because practicing gratitude helps you to stay present in the moment because you look back and you realize man I have done so much in this year right that i don't even think i've slowed down to actually just acknowledge and say wow like 
you have done a lot. Yeah, because I'm always like, all right, that's checked off onto the next. That's checked off onto the next. <laughs> yeah. It is so funny. It seems like there's a, I don't know if paradox is the right word, but there's like a juxtaposition between high achievers and it's a balance between future thinking and goal setting and being driven to to meet an outcome yeah. and also at the same time appreciating where you're at right now there's it's almost like a like there's like a dissonance can you hear my keyboard right now yeah. if you play a dissonant chord then it creates tension like it creates a sense of it's you want it to resolve it creates like movement if the whole song was just like perfect like, there's nothing to, like ever needs to change ever like harry potter the whole book is just he's just happy <laughs> there's no voldemort or anything you know, it, it just it doesn't have the same movement or the progression mm -hmm. or the tension so it's, it's so interesting seeing how do you like balance those two how do you balance the tension or even create good tension like good tension yeah. through goal setting to be able to, to achieve those things so I want to, I love that line of thinking too, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But, mm -hmm. but I feel like we've covered a lot of really good ground around like mindset and, and dedication mm -hmm. and purpose. So one thing that I would love to pick your brain on a little bit, because I think mm -hmm. it would be really valuable for everyone here, mm -hmm. is around your strategy on social media and yeah. how you grew a following on Instagram yeah. and on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Could you share a little bit about your journey in terms of starting out? And sure. what was it really that helped you to cut through the noise and be able to actually attract the right people who yeah. resonate with your message and with your music. Absolutely. So the first thing was like, <laughs> I was committed. Like I just decided I'm going to make a TikTok a day. And that was it. My whole thing was, I just want to get consistent when it comes to posting because I'm not consistent. And so as I began to do a TikTok a day, the next thing that I said was like, okay, now that I'm getting into the rhythm of actually making them, Post them and then see what people are saying. Pay attention to the likes, pay attention to the shares, the comments more than anything else, because people will tell you what they like and what they don't like on social media. It's very clear because they'll tell you about their engagement, if they like it or not. And so at first I, I put out hundreds of videos and they weren't doing numbers. So the first thing I had to set my mindset to know is that out the gate, I'm not going to go viral. Like, I'm just doing this because I want to be consistent. And so I would write a song a day because I was doing this exercise where I was writing a song a day and posting what I wrote. Write a song, post. Write a song, post. And so I was developing this repetition muscle, right? Because really content, being able to make good content, it just comes with repetition and understanding, like, how your audience is resonating with what you're doing. And so I would write the song and I would post. And then once I post, I would take a break from it, come back, look at the shares, the likes, and the comments. And I would pay attention to what people were saying. If they were like, man, this really touched me. This was, it was this line when you said this really stuck out to me. And so I started to notice the best type of content for me was the emotional space, right? It was provoking emotion, which was causing them to take an action, right? That action was either them to like it to view it longer or to share it with someone or to post a comment about the, the content that they were engaging with. So I knew that, okay, based upon what people are saying, they like this emotional stuff. There are people who want to know more about my experience as it pertains to my mental health and stuff. And so I would take the next day and it was cool because I was going on my own like healing journey with my music and I was just sharing 
what my like daily journal was essentially in posting about it. And so from a very technical side, though, I was taking the content, writing the, the song and posting a snippet. It wasn't a whole song. It was like, I'm a rapper. So I would post like maybe four to eight bars and that was it. So it was like 15 to 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I would pay attention to what people were saying. The next day I would just do a different variation. So I would still... I would write something that was emotional. I would write something that may have sparked someone in the comments to start talking about something that they were going through. I would write something to that specifically, and then I would post it again, right? And so that's how it started. And from there, the more you do it, the more you improve your posts, then the more, you know what I'm saying, the better you get. And the better you get, the more engagement you get because you're actually giving people what they want to see. And so the key thing here that I was studying is let me learn what you guys are saying that you want to see and let me actually give it to you. And so, yeah, I still um, I try to post at least five times a week. And out of those posts, every time I post, I'm still paying attention to what people are saying. And I'm still learning them because the algorithm changes. People change. There's different needs and desires that people want and things like that. And so another thing is just the... I'll bring up is the TikTok, like in Instagram, they're, they're all the same essentially, but there's just different variations of it. But just understanding like the rules of the platform and kind of what works on these platforms and what doesn't. So I knew that with TikTok, it's more of a laid back, like it's not super serious. Oftentimes the stuff that you really didn't try on, that's the stuff that's going viral on that versus Instagram is more polished. It's a little bit more scripted. And because I knew that, I used TikTok as my playground to just try a bunch of stuff. And then what would do well on TikTok, I would post that on Instagram, right? And so that kind of told me what would do well, but also the image of it, how it looked, right? So I didn't want to post a lot of polished stuff on TikTok because every time I post polished stuff on TikTok, it just did not do well. I understood that it was less about how good it looks and more about the information that was inside of the content or the value of the content that was actually being posted. So in my case, what I was saying in my lyrics was the most important. And so I would just take the camera and put it and just show the side of my face and then have the words just going down because I knew that people were saying they resonated with my lyrics the most. So let me just have them be able to see the lyrics while I'm just sitting here in this state and I'm rapping, but I'm not looking at the camera. And that was another thing I noticed too. Like I would get way more interaction when I wasn't looking at the camera versus when I was. And I realized that was because a lot of the things that I'm saying is so emotional that like, it's very, I don't know, invasive (laughs) to say something so strong. And then you're also looking at me versus turning to the side and things. So that's just a small thing that I learned. But yeah, does that answer the question? I feel like I'm wrangling. (laughs) So totally answers it. Yeah, super smart. So it sounds like, in a nutshell, you committed to every single day you're writing an original new piece of music, a Mm -hmm. new song, but specifically breaking it down into a 15 to 30 second clip of a new Mm -hmm. song. And you would create a post a day around the music Mm -hmm. and through the process of that daily rhythm and seeing how people responded to it. Holy cow, That's, that's a lot. I think that one thing that is easy to overlook sometimes just the power of daily routines and daily rhythms and mm-hmm. for me the morning routine is a great example of this mm-hmm. but if i get a really dialed in morning routine i'm doing it every single morning then that has like you know, a huge cumulative effect because yeah. after a while 
I don't have to think about or do consciously the gravity pulls you towards doing it more mm-hmm. so then it doesn't take as much energy or effort toward doing it because you already have the ball rolling. So it makes a lot of sense that you you figure out some sort of daily habit or daily routine. And I love (laughs) the fact that not only did you create, but you actually put this on yourself to post it and put it Mm -hmm. out and release it and get the feedback from it. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting, just the, you know, when we were in LA, we talked a lot about the moments and Mm -hmm. music relics and breaking down the songs from three minutes or five minutes mm-hmm. or whatever it's for better or for worse it definitely seems like our attention has gotten to more bite-sized pieces of right. content and it seems like you're ahead of the curve as it relates to getting really good at creating that bite-sized you know 15 to 30 second pieces mm-hmm. of amazing content yeah let me check in with you guys right now to make sure that you can still see and hear us and okay <laughs> um, if you're with us in the in the in the audience uh leave us a leave us a comment and go if you're getting value from this so far say yeah in the chat. Hey, Ari. Uh, see, Robin Hood says, not having a family made me stronger and made me learn to seek fans and input and take feedback and constructive criticism as well to grow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to hear that you said not having your family. I don't know if you might support you or, or what happened, mm-hmm. but lots of people saying thank you. Lantinia says, I feel this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Trey Rochelle as well. Uh, you, you probably remember Trey yeah. from LA. She's amazing. I'm uh, talking about people who have soul. That's it's like a part of like, her brand is like the bringing the Absolutely. soul. But yeah, this is, this is great. Maybe we could talk a little bit about having done this for so long and mm-hmm. gotten into a, a habit of seeing what you know, resonates with people and what doesn't. Obviously, your community and the type of people that you connect with or, or that are attracted to your music are going to be different than mm-hmm. different communities that are attracted to different people. So mm-hmm. there's going to be different types of content or different lessons and whatnot. Yes. But also at the same time, there are going to be foundational things that are always true, regardless of what kind of music you make or what type yeah. of message you have. So I'm curious if you have any recommendations for anyone that's listening to this right now, who mm-hmm. maybe they're listening to this and they're saying, oh my gosh, Erica's amazing. She's so inspired me. Like I'm going to commit for at least 30 days to mm-hmm. record a song a day so that I can post. Yeah. And I'm just going to record the 15 to 30 second version yeah. of the song and post it and release it. I'm curious if you have any other piece of advice in regards to things that you think would, regardless of what genre someone's making, like what are some of those things that really helped it cut through the noise and connect and provide yeah, as value? Far as content yeah. Content. Yeah. So regardless of what industry you're in, this is just content advice in general, emotional content, stuff that sparks emotions. And what I mean by that is makes you laugh. It makes you feel good. It makes you sometimes cry. Those are the ones that you're going to see oftentimes on your explore page or your for you page. These are the ones that people are resonating with the most, depending on what platform you're on. For example, TikTok, it's really catered to you, right? So there's emotional content, there's educational content, and then there's inspiration. I got that too, emotional as well. But educational content is you teaching someone something or you're giving your lens on a certain situation that gives a solution to someone else's problem, right? And those are the things that whatever genre you're in, if you can think about what space you're in, who your person is, your avatar, your listener, and you think about what makes them laugh, what makes them feel discomfort, 
what kind of problems are they actually facing right now in their lives or just why are they listening to my music? Like, how does my music like speak to them? And then you take that and you put it in bite sizes. So if you are a person who you're in rock, but maybe you are like soft rock and maybe you're, I don't know, let me think of something that's not anywhere near what I do. Like you have, it's all about like memes or something. And you just do songs about whatever is trending right now. The cool part about that is you can use humor as a way to connect with people. A lot of people use social media to escape their everyday life. And they go there to find humor. They go there to find connection. That's something that has nothing to do with whatever it is that they want to distract themselves from. And oftentimes humor is a way that you can do that. And so thinking from a music standpoint, what kind of humorous lines or funny lines can I put into the music that's 15 to 30 seconds? And this is the clip. Like, how can I say the funniest thing or whatever? And let me just post that. And then from there, like, you're going to look at what the audience is saying, what the comments are saying, and then you are making it better from there. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, I'm trying to use a scenario, but like emotions are going to be number one. Like there are more emotions than just feeling sad <laughs> and feeling happy, right? But your music is a universal language that speaks to a person's soul, which I look at that as like your mind, your emotions. And so how can your music highlight that to get them to do a specific action? Or maybe your music is educational. Like I see uh, some singers who are actually using the education or edutainment is what they call it space where they're using their music to educate people on like there's this one person who's like teaching you how to learn spanish but they're doing it through music and then they're going viral and people are finding the songs on spotify right but they're doing it from an education space because people are actually learning spanish but through the songs that they're writing and creating and so it's just thinking about how can you educate your fans how can you create value that's the biggest thing it's like value Anything that sparks the emotions is going to be valuable. Whether that's funny emotions, it might make you feel sad. It might make you feel like, man, I'm glad I saw this content today because it's really made me feel better. Depending on what niche you're in, the emotions that you're using to accomplish people's emotions is going to move. And then also educating people, help them to solve their problems in their life or something that they want to be solved in their life. It doesn't necessarily have to be a problem, but maybe they just didn't know. Maybe these are random facts and you love random facts and you want to make songs about random facts it's just teaching people about randomness that i've seen that done and it, it's, it's been done very well so good yeah so it sounds like what you're saying is that one common you know, point of, of focus is around creating content that triggers emotions and what is music but a vehicle to transmit emotions mm -hmm. and, and so what you're talking about and sharing your story too one thing that comes across is you, you described how you, there's a feeling of vulnerability or yeah, I think a lot of people can relate with this. Mm -hmm. Something's happened to them or they have some emotional trauma or things that they've gone through. And maybe those are the pieces of ourselves that we're most afraid to share because mm -hmm. we're afraid of being exposed or being seen mm -hmm. or being heard. And so we might have, we might try to avoid those things when, yeah. according to what you're saying, it's like, those are actually the things that resonate with people and the things that are really going to help you make an impact and move it people. Does. Um, yeah. And even if it's not necessarily the sad stuff, the funny stuff, the light, like the family stuff, right? There's some people who I know they don't want to show their family and I understand, but 
they also have an audience full of moms. So it's very like, in my mind, I'm like, that's going to help you to relate to them a lot more because they can see that you also have children and they now look at you like, whoa, this is another level of connection I didn't even know we had. Awesome. Yeah, there's one song I wrote recently called Hello Willow that I wrote for my daughter Willow. And I feel like I'm never going to be able to play that song live because every time I start playing, I get emotional, I start crying. But maybe that's actually the, maybe that's the thing that that I should be sharing. Mm -hmm. But how do you recommend, because one thing with who you are and with your journey and with your music and and everything that you're sharing, you so much of it's about healing. You're healing from trauma and mm-hmm. obviously emotions and what we share within our music mm-hmm. can be hugely therapeutic and in a way to heal from trauma. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for anyone who's here right now, who's you know, inspired enough to say, you know what, I'm going to take 30 days and I'm going to do what Erica suggested. I'm going to record something once per day and post it yeah, and maybe... Mm-hmm. Yeah, who here right now is willing to raise their hand and and actually make commit to doing that for thirty days? Mm-hmm. This is an unplanned thing, but I'm curious <laughs> who here is actually is yeah. Like I'm down to yeah. for thirty days straight, once a day, I'm going to make fifteen to thirty second clip mm-hmm. of of a new song and share it. Yeah. I see a lot of people who are requesting to speak raising their hands, so I assume yeah. that's like a yep. I'm in. <laughs> for someone who is interested in kind of embarking on that journey and they're starting to brainstorm and think about what do I want to release and what kinds of songs do I want to write? What kind of music? Do you have any recommendations for how almost like a radar for, for looking at internally and in looking around the, you know, at your own emotions and, and topics or ideas for songs and then choosing saying, Oh, that's one I really should share. That's one I need to share and creating a post yeah. around that. Yeah. And I, I think I understand what you're asking me, but I would say like knowing yourself, especially for me in my space, because I deal with a lot of emotions, mental health, wellness and things. So there's some things that I might write about that I'm not ready to share yet. And so knowing yourself enough to know what you're ready to share and what you're not ready to share, because the moment you share, you're opening yourself up, of course, for criticism and things like that. And if it's something that you're not necessarily ready to share, don't share it. But still having that exercise of writing to get it out that's cool like i have so many songs that i will probably never release because i'm cussing everybody out and it's just terrible but then (laughs) there's the other side of it where you just feel within yourself one man this song really speaks to me a lot and then the next thing that i do is i test it in the market right because i've had songs where i was like oh this is hot like this is great and everybody else it's cool you know what i mean so it's like the first part is making sure it resonates with you, like you approve of this. It's like, this is something that I'm proud of. But then two, putting it out there and the samples will tell you, like as you're creating these 15 second clips, these little lines or whatever, people will tell you like, yeah, please finish this. Like it doesn't have to be a finished song. I never finished the songs like until I got to a point where they were forcing me because they wanted the music. They were like, please, can you drop this song? But yeah, so it was like putting it in front of people and just letting them have their own experience with it. And when they got oftentimes the same kind of feeling that I felt about this, and then I knew I was like, oh, this one, I believe this one is going to do well because it already resonates with me. But now I'm seeing that it's resonating with other people, which converts ultimately to the analytics, the numbers and stuff like that. Man, one thing I love about having conversations like this, Erica, is because I feel like there's a network effect or there's a 
you have great ideas or when you're like bouncing ideas off of people. Yeah. But when we were in LA, for example, like Man, all the ideas right. are like bouncing <laughs> off each other. One idea that, that I just had as you were talking there was around mm-hmm. moments with music relics. What if for 30 days or for a year, what if every single one of those moments that you had created was actually turned into something that the fan could own? That and would be you amazing. Could, you could use that as like a testing ground to see these are the moments that people really value and they're the ones mm-hmm. that, that people resonated with. Therefore, I'm going to take this moment and I'm actually going to turn this into a song. And then it's right. almost like a reversal of instead of starting with the song, like you start with the moments, which are you can test out different hooks, different ideas, mm-hmm. see which ones resonate with people and then and then turn that into a, a full song or full album. That's exactly what she said that's exactly what it is and then you can even get to a place where it's a a way to potentially prop them with the moments as well if people who really like this song if there's three moments or four moments that you are doing at one time people can vote by basically they want to add money to it or whatever and that helps them to be able to get the song done you don't have to do it on your own budget like your fans can help bring that song together and so i've seen that work as well. Like when they want something, they'll make it happen. Cool. Man, it's got goosebumps as you're talking about that. That's a really cool idea. So how about we go ahead and bring some folks who are here live onto the podcast? Mm-hmm. Do we have any volunteers for who wants to be the very first speaker of all time? Oh, it's got to be like the Man. best question ever. No pressure Man. at all. No pressure. But everyone is going to be judging you. <laughs> we have a very loving community here, so so no no pressure either way. But um, if you'd like to come on here live, if you want to raise your hand and request mm-hmm. to speak, then we can actually bring you on here live and you can ask a question. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and let's do it. Uh, I see... Lots of folks are raising their hands. Let's start with Jim Byron. Oops. Did I click it? Did I do it? Okay. I think I invited you to speak. Can you see it? Yeah, man. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Awesome. Pleasure to meet you guys. I believe I've seen one of your videos that went viral. You are an amazing artist. So trivia craft. It's an honor and a pleasure. Quick question, guys. How do you work through the low points? Because I was actually thinking about doing a 30-day producer challenge to hold myself accountable as well as have the community hold me accountable for improving my production skills. I'm a songwriter. I'm a rapper from Staten Island, New York City. So, And I want to get more into production. But something that will get you through those low points of, I really don't feel like doing it today. Great question. Yeah. You want to answer? Or you... I would say you, you can give it a crack first, and I'll, I'm happy to contribute if, if there's anything left unsaid. But I have a feeling that you have a pretty good answer to this one. <laughs> Just do it. You do it anyway. When you make that 30-day commitment, set your mindset and intention to know that there are going to be days where I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And oftentimes when I have had these challenges, so like for the recording and also shooting a day, like once a day, I was doing that in the morning where my energy was the highest. For me, that was really good because I prioritized it in the first of my day because I knew if I didn't prioritize it, then it's not getting done. All right. And so set yourself up to win by prioritizing at the best time that you're able to get stuff done and then do it anyway. Discouraged, do it anyway. Annoyed, do it anyway. Hungry, do it anyway. Just commit. It's only 30 days. And that's what I would tell myself. It's only 30 days. And then it turned into another 30 mm-hmm. days and another. But it's only 30 days. <laughs> yep. Super smart. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, I can uh, piggyback on that a little bit. There's something magical that happens when you set a time scope and you say, look, this isn't going to be forever. <laughs> I'm just going to do it for seven days or 30 days. I'm going to yeah. do it once a day for X amount of time where it's, it gives your brain permission to be like, okay, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm gonna do it until X, Y, Z. So I think that's super smart. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that comes to mind is around, there's a book I read called Willpower Doesn't Work. And mm -hmm. the idea of the book was that you want to set up your environment so that the thing that you want to have happen just happens automatically or happens on its own, regardless of your willpower. Mm -hmm. One example of this, I've also heard this called inevitability thinking. It's like, how can you make success inevitable? And mm -hmm. one, you don't have to go this extreme, but one way I've heard to describe making it inevitable is for example, if you want to start getting in the habit of going for a run, every morning for half an hour, mm -hmm. then one way you could make it inevitable, you could set up your circumstances is you could get an accountability buddy or kind of an accountability partner, like mm -hmm. a friend and send them a check for $2,000 and say, <laughs> if I don't, you send you a message at you know, X o'clock timestamps that it's legit. And I'm not like super sweaty getting back from my, my run <laughs> that I want you to instantly cash this check, no matter what. Mm. then now the environment <laughs> is like, it's going to be more uncomfortable to not you know, get up and go for a run. You might wake up and be like, oh, I'm sore. I didn't yeah. sleep great last night or what, but it's, it'll be more uncomfortable to you know, pay $2,000 versus just getting up and doing it. Yeah. So that's an extreme way to, to think about it. But in general, just like setting up your environment. So like when you wake up in the morning, like Erica suggested, like one of the first things you do is to do this challenge. And it just happens, I think guitar, John Mayer said that the reason, one of his tricks to getting really good at guitar was that he put his guitar out of his outside of his bathroom. And every time he went to the bathroom, he would see the guitar and he would play on it. So just like putting things in your environment so that the thing you want to happen just happens. A great piece of advice. Cool, thanks for the question. That was a really good one. Love that, you guys, totally. thank you. You nailed it. That was a great first question, despite the massive pressure that I'm sure. There's a lot of pressure there. You did well. You did well. <laughs> you, did, you did great. All right. I see Jay Ruby Wiley is here. Can you see and hear us okay? Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Yes. We've got you. Woo. Nice to meet y'all. So my biggest question is, what are some of the ways that you managed to overcome some of the hardest times or maybe just some tips to help like other artists like get through those moments if you have like three to five tips that really help can be big or small yeah so one of the things that i did when i, I would i community again like that's probably going to always be one for me surrounding myself with mentors as well as surrounding myself with other artists who are going through what i'm going who are at like the same kind of level that i'm at in actually connecting with them, having conversations with them, supporting them and like them supporting you as well. It's it's really good to have support when you're all trying to figure it out, because the biggest thing that I think sometimes we feel is like we're alone or like we question, man, what's wrong with me? Why is it not working with me? And really, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a part of the process. It's a part of the journey. You're growing and you're learning and being able to be around other people who are also growing and learning is helpful. The other thing that I would say, again, is focusing on setting smart goals. I, I like those because 
we have these big grandiose skulls, right? But sometimes if we can cut them up into chunk sizes so that we can make our celebrations, like the smaller celebrations, we can celebrate, right? Mm-hmm. So we know we want to do a roll to a million followers or a roll to a million streams or whatever. Maybe the first goal is like my first 100 Right. And that's going to be something that I'm going to celebrate. Obviously, the major goal is in the back of your mind, but that first 100 is a huge milestone, too. And so having those milestones where you can celebrate yourself, I think is really important because it takes that negative energy off of you when you're feeling like, I don't know, I guess a little lower discouraged about what's not happening. And then another thing is unfollow. The unfollow button is a really great tool. And the reason why I say this is because sometimes when we're in the process of trying to figure out ourselves and find our sound and our theme, what we tend to do is we tend to follow everybody else and we tend to look at what everybody else is doing. And unintentionally, we compare ourselves because we look at what someone else has going on and then subconsciously we're looking at what we don't have going on versus you should be looking at actually you do have some things going on here. And so what I had to do in that space too, and I still do it now, is unfollow people who make me feel a little like I'm comparing myself to them and, and it's an unhealthy comparison, right? And so especially when I'm in a, the building stages. Oftentimes I mute everybody, even if they even if I'm not necessarily opposed to their stuff. Like I just mute them because I don't want anything to get in the way to make my judgment cloudy. Golden. Awesome. So I think he might be muted right now, but he's nodding in, in agreement. I think that was, that was awesome. super valuable. Answer. Yeah. That was great. Thank you so much, and nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Erica. I think I think we've gone over our hour here, so we'll uh, oh, wrap dang, it up. an hour. I know time <laughs> flies when, when you're having fun. Erica, <laughs> thank you again so much for you know, coming on here and being our first ever interview on the live uh, podcast. I have a feeling that this is going to be a really core part of what, yeah. what we do with our community now is the mm-hmm. weekly live podcast recording that we can put onto the Modern Musician podcast. So we couldn't have asked for a better one to start with. <laughs> and one final question to leave people mm-hmm. with: If you could go back to yourself at the very beginning when you're just starting out and maybe in like your darkest points or like one of your most challenging points and you could share one piece of advice for yourself what would you share be grateful be grateful you can't see it now but you're going to look back on these slow moments and you're going to wish that you could slow down and just be present because where i'm at right now is so much that's happening and it's just it's a new, it's a new devil, a new level, new devil, whatever that saying is. It's just a new weight, right? And so I would definitely tell myself, be grateful for where you are and look around, be present. You are doing a great job. Don't get so focused on what you don't have that you miss out on what you do have. Because as you grow, it only gets bigger. And if you can't see what the value in what you have right now, it's not like you're going to see it when you actually get there. Because by the time you get there, your eyes are going to be set on something else. And so just be grateful for where you are. Beautiful. Hey, let's give a virtual round of applause to Erica. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you so much. This was awesome. And thank you so much for being a part of our first uh, ever live podcast recording. Looking forward to doing this once a week, starting from here on out. We're going to be doing this on Fridays at 4.30. Yeah, let's go ahead and let's wrap it up. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. 
First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take the music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.